Colin Kaepernick, a huge update in his case against the NFL that if you haven't heard, you're going to want to hear what it means for both sides. Plus, the Cowboys. How about them, Cowboys? They go winless in the preseason, but does it matter? The NFL's new helmet rule should actually be changed before the season even starts. And Jalen Ramsey with his latest comment, is Gronk? actually overrated like he says plus robert Gronkowski gets a grade the yankees are trying to catch up to the red sox it's a jam-packed sports Knicks podcast that starts right about now on in sports Six podcast i'm your host nick friend here on an absolutely jammed out friday mostly nfl mostly football because well uh the nfl preseason to know is over which means football is right around the corner football that actually means anything but because it's the nfl and it is 2018 i can't even talk about the actual football first without talking about this and for very good reason two minutes on the clock colin kaepernick has been granted a trial in his case against the nfl he has been granted a trial by a judge judge burbank has been granted or granted Colin Kaepernick a trial. And this is huge because many legal experts who know way more about the legal ex, uh, system than you and I ever will said that Colin Kaepernick probably wouldn't even get a trial. He now is, which means the judge in this situation thinks there's a possibility that 14 or more owners could have participated in collusion. 14 is the limit that he needs. And he clearly believes that there is some reason to believe that that happened. And here's the big thing for the NFL in this. Usually in these trials and cases in the NFL, they have an NFL favorable judge. They have Roger Goodell making decisions for them. No, 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 no. The judge who just granted Colin Kaepernick this trial is now going to make the decision in the trial. And don't get it twisted. This trial is about to be huge. You're going to have Roger Goodell who's going to have to... Come and testify. Robert Kraft, Jerry Jones, Bob McNear, the owner of the Houston Texans, John Elway. These are all people that are going to have to show up unless they reach a settlement, which is why I'm very curious to see how this plays out over the next couple of weeks because the NFL is going to want a settlement. They're going to want to just pay Kaepernick off, give him his $25, $30 million and tell him to get the hell out of town because they don't want the PR trouble that would be this case for them especially with the timing here. And it's really perfect timing for Colin Kaepernick's side of this case because the NFL season is starting. This trial would be happening during the middle of the season, possibly at the end during the playoff push, depending on how fast this process goes. And you best believe the NFL doesn't want that. So the NFL is going to try and reach a settlement. Will Kaepernick settle for money? His action so far shows that he doesn't really care about money. He cares more about the activist part. And then we'll see. If it does go to trial, all the legal experts, who again know more than you and I ever will, are saying that this is still an uphill battle for him. But the fact that he even got this wasn't really expected. And needless to say, it's going to be fascinating to see how this plays out. How about them Cowboys? Two minutes on the clock. The uh, Seattle Seahawks, Tennessee Titans, and Dallas Cowboys all went winless in the preseason. 0-4. Oh, 0-4. Oh, 
And you know my motto on the preseason. It's been pretty consistent. It's been the same every single year. To me, you can't impress me in the preseason. I'm sorry, you just can't do it. It doesn't matter. Half the time you're going up against second string guys or guys that you're going to see at the grocery store the next week. Like, I I, I just, I, I don't care about the preseason in terms of impressing me. The only thing that you can do possibly is lose in my book. You can raise concerns for me. That's about all you can do. And the Dallas Cowboys managed to do that. And to me, if you're a Cowboys fan or just an NFL fan, this should just be a confirmation of the concerns you already had about the Dallas Cowboys. The fact that they're a really young group. The fact that if Zeke, Dak, and Sean Lee don't stay healthy and have a good year, they're done and toast in terms of making a postseason run. And speaking of a postseason run, you know, you say preseason doesn't matter. It's garbage. It doesn't matter. I say that too, unless you suck this bad, because the reality is there's only been one team since 1960 that has gone winless in the preseason and went on to win the Super Bowl. You don't go winless in the preseason and win the Super Bowl. And in fact, history shows you don't even make a deep playoff run. And same goes to me for the Seattle Seahawks and Tennessee Titans, who also had the same thing happen. Yeah, you should be concerned about the Seattle Seahawks offensive line once again in their offense and their rebuilding defense. You should be concerned in Tennessee for a, a ton of reasons, but let's just start with your quarterback. So, yeah, I do think I make something out of this. Not only because of the history, but because of me. to me, these are teams I was already concerned about. And, well, this doesn't exactly help your confidence, does it? Two minutes on the clock, the NFL's new helmet rule continues to get a ton of attention. This time, the latest article coming from Bleacher Report with quotes from past and current players complaining about the rule. And listen, I am somebody who is usually all for change. I am somebody who is all for making football safer. I am somebody who usually gets on players, coaches, GMs, etc. for being reluctant to change. But in this case, in this new helmet rule case, they're right. They are absolutely right. It should have never been a rule in the first place, or if it was, they needed to make it a lot more clear than the exact definition is. And B, it should not be in place heading into the regular season, even though it will be because the NFL is stubborn. You are asking players to tackle a way they've never tackled before. If you've watched these preseason highlights where these flags are getting called, you're like, what the hell is that? That should be a legal tackle, and it's not. And it's also, to me, to some extent, again, I just said I'm all for the safety of football, but at the end of the day, you're still playing an inherently violent sport. It's still going to be violent to some extent. And if you're going to take out tackling in this regard, then I don't know what you have left. How are players going to tackle? How is this sport going to be physical at all? Which the reality is, as much as a lot of the viewers like to put on this facade that they care about safety, they still want it to be violent to some extent or they won't watch. And when you have this rule that, again, I wouldn't have put in place, but I don't hate the premise of the rule. But when you put this rule in place with the three bullet points that will flag a play as a flag in terms of the new helmet rule being one player lowers his helmet to establish linear body posture prior to initiating and make and making contact with the helmet. If you want to tell me what the hell that means, feel free and go ahead. Number two, actually 
the most simple and concrete of the three bullet points, unobstructed path to his opponent, fair. And three, contact clearly avoidable, and player delivering the blow had other options. So, oh goody, we now get to decide what another blow is, or what another option is, rather. Good luck. Because, uh, yeah, that's going to be a disaster. Two minutes on the clock, Rob Gronkowski being targeted by Jalen Ramsey, because Jalen Ramsey apparently you know, just can't shut up and I kind of love it. Uh, but regardless, <laughs> Jalen Ramsey on Rob Gronkowski quote, I don't think Gronk said, I don't think Gronk's good. Let me say, I don't think Gronk is as great as people think he is. And quote, you see Ramsey's previous comments about a lot of the quarterbacks that he made that got some headlines and even some other players. Overall, I didn't disagree with and In fact, overall, I agreed with a lot of what he said. I thought he was speaking the truth. I was like, okay. Like, I, I didn't mind it. I didn't mind a player speaking his mind, especially when you're as talented as Ramsey is. But this one? This one? Man, I'm, I'm damn near close to sending a therapist to his house to make sure he's okay up in the head because what the hell is he talking about? You're talking about the goat, Ramsey. Don't upset the goat. <laughs> Well, that was a pathetic goat noise, but we'll go with it. Don't upset the goat. That's what Rob Gorkowski is. At minimum, he's a top three tight end of all time. By the end of his career, and in my opinion already, he's going to be the greatest. And I do not want to see what that looks like the next time you two meet. Because it ain't going to go well for you. And usually what I do during these kind of takes is give stats to back up my opinion. I'm not even going to bother. Like, I, I hope we all know this is absolutely asinine. I hope that we all know Rob Gronkowski is a beast and multiple times throughout the year, whether he actually catches the ball or just draws coverage to him, he has carried the Patriots offense. And will do so yet again this season, by the way, because while the Patriots offense, in terms of targets for Tom Brady to throw to, outside of Gronk and Edelman, who was suspended for the first four games, sucks. So you're really going to see his value this season. So, no, I I don't agree with Ramsey's comments at all. And again, this is coming from somebody who hasn't had a problem with a lot of his comments. Okay, now Rob Gronkowski also got a raise. He got a raise, but he has to earn it. Like, <laughs> this is so New England Patriots. There's two minutes on the clock for this as well. Like, first you get Tom Brady, who the headline reads he gets a raise, but he also has to earn that base on incentives. Rob Gronkowski, in order to get this $4.3 million raise, has to play every single game and has to have two out of the four major categories statistically go up from last year, including playing times, yards, catches, and touchdowns. So it, that ain't an easy thing to accomplish. And the Patriots damn well know his injury history. But at the same time, I can't blame the Patriots. I really can't. I am all an advocate for players getting what's theirs. But the reality is, they have the leverage in these situations. And I know that sounds crazy with Brady and Gronk, but it's true. I mean, they certainly have the leverage with Gronk. He borderline retired this season. And they're like, now you want a pay raise? Hell no, you barely came back and played. And then with Tom Brady... I think as much as he has talked about how he wants to be appreciated, how the relationship between him and Belichick hasn't been the greatest recently, 
I think he also knows deep down, yeah, but if I leave here at this point in my career, do I really want to learn a new system with a new coach, with a new offensive coordinator, by the way, because he's been with Josh McDaniels forever? He's like, no, not really. So the Patriots are just exploiting that, just like they've done throughout this whole entire dynasty. This is what makes them great. So do I love it? No, but again, if you have more of a problem with it, Brady and Gronk, they've actually probably would have done something like hold out instead of just talked about it. So I, I think this is just the Patriots being smart and they, you know, maybe make them slightly more happy by throwing in these incentives that both of them are unlikely to reach, but it, on face value, appears like they're actually valuing them when in reality, they have all the leverage in the world. Now, let me wrap up with this. I was relaxing last night, getting ready for bed when, boom, breaking news. Andrew McCutcheon, yes, that guy, um, is going to the New York Yankees in a trade. The Yankees gave an infielder and a minor league prospect not a whole lot because this is a rental deal. This is a rental deal. By the way, this there's been conflicting reports on whether or not this deal is officially done. Some people say it's being finalized. Some people say it's officially done as I'm recording this at 9.20 a.m. Eastern time. So make of that what you will. I think it's going to be done eventually. This is a rental deal because he has one year left on his contract. This is it. This is it. Then he's a free agent. And I don't love this trade. Despite it being a rental deal, despite them not giving up a lot, you still gave up something. And... I think the question the Yankees had to ask themselves was, can we catch, in terms of division standing, the Boston Red Sox, or can we beat them in the postseason? And if management in New York was being honest with themselves, I think the answer to both of those questions is no. I think they're a year away from being able to do that. And so when you're just a year away and when you're getting good experience this year, despite the mess that their outfield has been outside of Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton, you do this? Like, like I just, it doesn't do much for me. And again, I get they didn't give up a lot. So maybe I'm being nitpicky here. And I do like McCutcheon. He isn't the NL MVP version, but I do like McCutcheon. I just... Uh, I, I don't think this is going to do much for him. I really don't. Sure, we'll provide them some outfield help. It might win him an extra game or two. But in terms of long-term, no. And by the way, the bigger problem here with the Yankees is that Aaron Judge has been out since at the end of July with a fractured wrist and still can't throw or swing a bat, according to the New York Times. So, I, I, like, who's guaranteeing that he's coming back this year? There hasn't been any confirming reports of that. So I think the Yankees are in more trouble than they realize. They've had a really good season. They're going to make the playoffs as a wild card probably. Probably be a relatively short run in their year away. Why mess with the young group? That'd be my question. Especially for somebody who you hopefully won't be dumb enough to sign in free agency, free agency this upcoming offseason. That is the podcast. Earlier today, Sportsnet show released as always on Sportsnet.com and the YouTube channel. Uh... Tomorrow, tomorrow is Saturday, which is usually my day off. That will be my day off again tomorrow um, in terms of the show, in terms of the podcast. However, uh, I will be live tweeting during all the Premier League games in the morning at NickFriend24 on Twitter. All right. Thanks, everyone. Have a good night, and I'll catch you tomorrow.